states like Arizona have decided to take matters into their own hands. Now, given the levels of frustration across the country, this is understandable. But it is also ill-conceived. And it's not just that the law Arizona passed is divisive, although it has fanned the flames of an already contentious debate. Laws like Arizona's put huge pressures on local law enforcement to enforce rules that ultimately are unenforceable. It puts pressure on already hard-strapped state and local budgets. It makes it difficult for people here illegally to report crimes, driving a wedge between communities and law enforcement, making our streets more dangerous and the jobs of our police officers more difficult. The speaker is upset at the current enforcement of immigration law, but many feel that her comments went way too far. We have some video that was shot 10 days ago at St. Anthony's Church in San Francisco. This is where the speaker made her remarks. She is appearing before a group of legal and illegal immigrants and their children at this church in San Francisco, and she said it was un-American to enforce immigration law where immigrants live or work, and she referred to these as raids. Who in our country would not want to change the policy of kicking in doors in the middle of the night and sending a parent away from their families? It must be stopped. What value system is that? I think it's un-American. I think it's un-American. And we all know what happens in Arizona when you don't have ID. <laughs> Adios, amigos.
and I'm angry. The people back in my state are very angry right now about what's happening in the Gulf of Mexico. We've got a crisis right now that's probably the largest environmental disaster in this nation's history, and we're not getting the adequate response we need from this federal government. Now, our governor over two weeks ago has been asking for the federal government to approve a barrier plan to actually protect our marsh from the oil, and we're not getting an answer from the federal government. All we're getting is excuses. We've got letters from the Corps of Engineers and others that are saying they need to do studies. They need to look at the environmental impact. Well, the environmental impact is right there in our marsh. Here's a dead pelican from just the other day. We've got oil coming up into our marshes in globs, thick globs, every single day, and we don't have one ounce of action from the president. Now, the law is very clear. Oil Pollution Act says the president shall ensure effective and immediate removal of discharge. And he's just pointing fingers at everybody. We know BP's responsible for this. And, Madam Speaker, I understand we're talking about veterans' issues, but right now we're talking about the livelihood of the people of the Gulf Coast right now, whose livelihood right now is threatened. And all we're asking is the president to fulfill his duties under the law, which he is not doing. Trace, you worked on, on drilling rigs for almost six years out, out in the Gulf. When you first heard about this disaster, what went through your mind? Well, my first reaction, of course, was just... Uh sympathy and empathy for the, the men that lost their lives and their families. Uh, that was one of the first things I learned when I went to work offshore. I worked in oil field for 10 years. I worked in the Gulf of Mexico for six of those years on drilling rigs. And As you know, obviously, a lot of folks here in Louisiana are concerned about uh, President Obama's uh, moratorium on, on deep water drilling. You, you, do you support it or do you think it's a bad idea? I think it's a terrible idea. That is, that's like kicking a man when he's down. That is the most idiotic juvenile overreaction it, it, it's it's uh, it's it's an uninformed decision is what it is it's just ridiculous I you know don't get me started on that I don't know how many tens of thousands of whales have been drilled in the Gulf of Mexico since we've been doing it but how many times have you heard about this happening I think that's a pretty good track record yeah. You know, and to punish American companies for something that a British company did. And that's another thing, too. This moratorium is not going to stop anybody else. It's not going to stop British companies. It's not going to stop anybody else. It's going to hurt American companies. Those are the ones that are going to be forced to stop working. This is not just a Gulf Coast problem. This is a, a national problem. I think it's a, not a good idea. I think because it affects a lot of jobs, especially mine. That's what I'm more important uh, I'm thinking about, my own job. When they, they instituted this moratorium, they had no idea. It's like me trying to tell this policeman here how to do his job. Moratorium is definitely not something that the people of Louisiana and our industry are, are supporting, for sure, because there's so many people affected. All we need is to say, people, go to work, and we've got it made. But they're just stopping us. They're stopping the country right now.
If there is no question that President Obama's entire administration has been badly damaged by the oil spill. So, is the president on the comeback trail after his speech this evening? Joining us now from Washington, Fox News analyst Charles Krauthammer. Well, is he in a comeback trail mode here, Charles? No, he's not, because uh, speech won't stop the spill. It won't stop the pollution of the beaches. I think he gave it a good shot. He looks sincere for most of it. He'll get a point or two for a day or two, and then the story will be the spill, and it'll be the spill cam, and not his speech. He looks sincere for most of it. <laughs> when did the phony look? Well, that's up? high praise coming from me. <laughs> when did the phony look appear? <laughs> well, you know, look, I thought he was workmanlike in the first part of the speech where he talked about what we're doing, and as you pointed out earlier in the show, it's a fiasco, the rescue, so, uh, the, the, the cleanup. So, you know, he's saying, I, I had uh, this number of people, this number of feet of the boom. You know, that's not extremely impressive. Where he did get sort of interested in his own speech was when he did that thing you just showed about the future. He said, if we could land on a, the man on the moon, so why not have this glorious green energy? That's the most tired trope we've ever heard. For months, we're speaking about Spain as a great example of a country investing in solar cells. Well, it's now about to go under economically. It's about to go bankrupt. It's had to shut down all of these government-sponsored uh, money-losing programs on solar cells. The reason is they are not economical if you compare them with oil or coal or natural gas or nuclear. They simply aren't even near. All you can do, as you say, is to throw trillions of dollars at it to subsidize them. But look, in a free enterprise economy, do you think if there's anybody who didn't have an idea that would invent or create or find uh, renewable energy that would be comparable to oil or coal, he wouldn't be at it because he'd become a, 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 a trillionaire. Absolutely. But right. I, you so know, it isn't as if incentives but don't the big exist boys, out there. The big boys, ExxonMobil and these people, they have no incentive to do that. They want to continue in their business and do what they do. Um, but you're right, the MIT people, there's, you know, if they had something, they would bring it. Now, finally, and this is a very interesting question, um, you, we talked about the New York Times article, and you mentioned it, that said the cleanup right now is a fiasco. There's no coordination. But the President of the United States then goes on 12 hours after that article comes out and says it isn't a fiasco. We're doing fine. Our, my administration is all the resources in place it should have. So the people at home are going, are we being lied to? And, and this disturbs me, this kind of, you know, what, what do you think is the truth here? I think it is a fiasco.
which party currently controls Congress? Um, currently, like, I don't know, actually. The Republicans. Uh, Republicans. Republicans. Republicans yes. control Congress? Yes. Probably Republican because the president's Republican. That's my honest answer. I think it's, it's Republicans are controlling it now, I believe. What, the Republicans? Which political party currently controls Congress? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> no. Do you know who Barney Frank is? Um, no. How about Nancy Pelosi? No. <laughs> How about Harry Reid? I've heard that name, but I don't know who that is. What do you think of Barney Frank? I have no idea who that is. Nancy Pelosi. Um, she's pretty cool. Uh, Harry Reid? <laughs> I don't know who that is. What do you think of uh, Barney Frank? I don't know him. I don't know who Barney Frank is. What do you think of Harry Reid? don't really know Harry Reid. I don't know Barney Frank. What do you think of Nancy Pelosi? I only know the name. I don't know the face. What do you know about Harry Reid? Nothing. What do you think of Barney Frank? Who? Harry Reid. Don't know. Don't know that person.